just as so many economists, maybe all of them, were caught off guard by the massive interest rate hikes of 2022, a lot of consumers, commercial businesses, and even lenders have been trying to make sense of where do we go now to set us straight on reading what might be coming up. We have Rutger Van Fassen and Adam Stockton of Curnos. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, Kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth. A learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo. And today on the podcast, we have two gentlemen from a fabulous company, one making a return visit, and it's been too long. So we're glad to have him back. Our returning hero, Rucker Van Fassen. Rucker is the head of innovation and new markets at Curanos. Rucker's responsible for the industry ecosystem within innovation and new markets at Curanos. Rutger brings more than two decades experience in international retail lending to Curanos and its clients. And Adam Stockton, the director of retail deposits at Curanos. Adam is a director who leads the retail deposits business. He has spent more than 15 years advising financial services companies on growth and profitability strategies, focusing on deposit management and pricing. Clients include a majority of the top 25 U.S. banks, whoa, (laughs) a number of the largest banks in Canada and Australia, brokerages, direct banks, and fintechs. Rucker and Adam, welcome to Bankadelic. Great to be here, Lou. Thank you so much for having us. And to start out, it's coming up on two years now since the combination of Informa FBX and Novantis. Maybe the both of you can bring me up to date on how that integration is going and what kinds of exciting things are going on. Yeah, Lou, it's been a very interesting time. It's been very powerful to put the two companies together. Each of them had a little bit more of a skew to one side of the balance sheet versus the other. So Novantis was very much sort of focused on deposits, treasury, and FBX had a little bit more heavy skew towards lending and bringing those two sides of the balance sheet together has created insights across the balance sheet. And so we're now actually able to help our customers sort of navigate today and we're super happy to be together. I think the official term in the banking industry is one, two punch. (laughs) 
That's right. Yep. Adam, anything to add to that? Just that we have so much more data at our fingertips now, and that's really what both sides of the company and now our combined Kiranos have always been about, bringing the impact of data and data-driven insight about the industry, about the participating financial institutions, and about the end customer. And so having a broader picture is just so exciting for all of us. That is fabulous. And speaking of the broader picture, I thought we would kick off with the one thing that is on everyone's mind, not just in financial services, but outside of it, which is the current rate cycle. Oh my goodness. I don't know that there was any way I could have foreseen this happening. And even some of the economic experts, they were taken by surprise too. I'm wondering how the rate cycle we're going through right now is different from previous ones. Rucker, I understand you have some very prescient observations. Yeah, so every cycle has its own unique twist to it. And this current cycle is different in the sense of the pace and the size of the rate increases that the Fed has been putting through. What in the past was called quantitative easing, they're now doing quantitative tightening, which is basically no longer buying certain securities. And that also has a great impact on what's going on in the market, for example, on mortgages and the mortgage market. And then on top of that, there's inflation, right, which is impacting everyone while there is still a very strong labor market, right? So those are sort of very interesting combinations as well. And then there's lots of macro uncertainty. So geopolitical, just coming out of a pandemic, supply chain issues sort of phasing in and out. So all those things together really make this cycle very unique and very complex. Yeah, perhaps even unprecedented, we could say. Now, you mentioned Mortgage rates and the connected phenomenon, of course, is lending. And with those variable rates increasing, mortgage rates going up. Rutger, maybe you can give us some context as to how that's creating a big impact right now. Yes, we have seen the Fed funds rate go up. And in many cases, for many products that are variable rate or that are tied to a prime rate, that immediately impacts those rates. So if you have a credit card and you're holding a balance on that, those are usually a spread over prime rate. So if the Fed raises the rate in the next billing cycle, your rate will go up. And so we have been seeing that going up as the Fed increased the rates. And then the combination of that and the balance sheet reduction that the Fed went through, that also impacted the mortgage rate. So mortgage rates are not directly tied to the Fed funds rate, but obviously sort of follow it very closely. And what we've seen in this year is that mortgage rates, 30-year fixed mortgage rates have doubled from 3.5% to 7% in one year. Wow. And you can imagine that that has a really big impact, right? That people will then not want to refinance their mortgage. There's even some people that are not able to purchase a new home because the price of the monthly payment is just too high. So that is really impacting customers quite a bit. And when I think about it, the really mixed up thing here, insofar as I'm concerned, but I'm easy to confuse, is if you take a market like Chicago, for example. In Chicago, there are really no signs that the real estate market has significantly cooled yet. You would think with the doubling, more than doubling 
of the mortgage rates that that would be the case but i've been following pretty closely what's going on in the market and while things are leveling off a bit there's not this dramatic drop and i just don't get it i don't understand why that hasn't caught up yet yeah we do see some of the listings sit there in the market for longer and now that said if people have set their minds to getting buying a home, right, they might sort of say, well, let me just try to go for it. I've been trying to do this for the last couple of months. I know the rates are going up, but maybe I can still make it happen. What we are seeing is that a lot of people are switching from that 30-year fixed rate to an actual ARM rate, right? So an adjustable rate mortgage that is only fixed for a certain period of time. So you can do three, five, seven, 10-year ARM. And then after that, there's a variable rate, a spread over a benchmark those rates are naturally lower because you don't get the certainty of 30-year fixed. So we have been seeing the shift away from 30-year fixed mortgages to ARM mortgages, especially in really expensive markets like California, right, where home prices also went up quite a bit. But we see that across the nation. We're seeing more ARM rates being used by customers to still make that purchase. Because if you've been invested in buying a home, it is very frustrating to go like, oh, sorry, I can't afford it anymore. Let me just sit it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it would really be reassuring, I suppose, for a lot of people in financial services if this was uniform. So, for example, the Fed raises rates. Everybody at every bank correspondingly reacts in the same exact way. We know that doesn't happen. Adam, you have some thoughts. I would love it if you could share why there are such large differences between deposit rates for different products at different banks. It can be very confusing. It really can. Part of that is driven by differences between the different types of financial institutions. So the online banks, the traditional direct banks and the fintechs who've gotten into the deposit space very different from a balance sheet perspective on average than a traditional bank. You know, their loan to deposit ratios and think about the credit card companies and the specialty lenders, you know, loan to deposit ratios are in many cases over 100%. And many of these lending categories are some of the few lending categories that have had continuously strong demand. You know, when you think about the impact of inflation on consumers, one of the net effects of that is we're seeing increasing revolving credit card balances again. So there's a sector of the market where there's a real need for deposits and deposit growth, combined with the fact that the consumer preferences have tilted even more towards online banking than where they were a couple of years ago. Through the pandemic, you know, people had no choice but to bank online. And so even some of the segments of consumers who were hesitant in the past are embracing online banking and online deposits in a way they weren't before. Then you kind of turn to traditional banks. You say, okay, well, if that's the online banks who are pricing up, I get that. But why at some of these traditional banks are we still seeing 0.05% on a savings account, but 3% or 3.5% on a CD? And part of that is the average consumer wants interest rate but is looking for more than just rate as well. You know, I'll, I'll give you a little personal anecdote. My hot water heater just went out a couple weeks ago. Uh -oh. The bottom rusted out, it sprung a leak. It was just as not fun as you would expect. Thankfully, we have a great plumber in town and they were able to fit me in the same day, but they only accept 
cash or check. Wow. And so, you know, thankfully, I keep a little bit of emergency funds at my primary bank, was able to cut them a check the same day, and they were able to clean it up and get me a new hot water heater. Given how crazy that situation was, I didn't really stop and ask them. And in retrospect, I kind of wish I had. Well, what would you have done if I didn't have the money immediately in my checking account and had to wait two or three days to transfer that money from an online bank? But it was important to me to have the cash available. So for that portion of my money, rate is not the most important thing. It's I could cut a check that same day, and get my hot water heater fixed. Similarly, for some customers, it's not rates, it's fees. You know, if you have only $2,000 in your savings account, there's a big portion of the population who really only has an emergency fund or is living paycheck to paycheck. You know, you might say, oh, great, I could get 2% on my $2,000. That only adds up to 40 bucks over the course of the year. And if you can find a bank where you aren't going to get hit with any fees, that could easily make up for that entire $40 of interest. And so they're really different underlying customer needs and customer behaviors. And so banks are looking to pay rate where it's important and where it's valued. But where their customers are looking for something else that may be more important, they're looking to invest in those areas instead. As we ride off into the sunset here, we talked about that one-two punch that's making what Kyranos does really powerful. And both of you are working hard within this environment to help people and businesses make sense of it. I'm wondering in terms of the work you're doing, where you are trying to make the biggest difference. And if you have advice for anyone listening who's freaking out during this time, what would that be? Great question, Lou. So we are working to help our clients understand the trends as quickly as possible. You know, because one of the biggest themes in this environment has been just how fast conditions are changing. You said at the top, some of the economists didn't have the right idea. I think you were actually being a little too kind there. (laughs) Nobody anticipated where this market was going to go. The most hawkish economists were saying, I don't know, maybe two or three increases, this inflation might not be transitory. We're so far past that. And so understanding where we're seeing changes and when we're seeing them and being able to react to them really quickly makes a huge difference. I'll give you one example of that. We were starting to see some deposits flow out of traditional banks into online banks and other institutions looking for better yield. But it was just kind of a slow trickle at the beginning. And we started to see not just some deposits running off, but actually customers closing their accounts and in some cases moving their entire relationship. At some point, banks paying only 0.05% risk their customers saying, wait a second, it just doesn't seem like you value my relationship. And there's a huge difference between somebody moving a little bit of their deposit money to get a better rate and closing out a primary checking account and a full kind of deep longstanding relationship. So understanding those trends, being on top of that can make a difference between saving hundreds or thousands of valuable customer relationships. If you're able to move as soon as you start seeing those impacts versus if you're hitting them too late. 
Biggest takeaway from my side is really understanding what's happening to your own customers and what's happening to customers in the broader industry. Because if you only have a handle on what was going on a month or two ago, that is way out of date in today's environment. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Rucker, what do you see? Yeah. So the really cool thing, Lou, with bringing the two companies together as one Kiranos is that we now have that super view across the balance sheet. And what we have been doing with all the data that we have, we've been actually been looking into sort of see, hey, how does someone's behavior on a checking account and deposits account, how does that impact how they behave as a borrower? And for the first time, we've been able to sort of put those two data sets together. And we're now able to sort of predict customer behavior both from a credit perspective, as well as from sort of a utilization and how they use lending based on how much money they have in their savings account or in their checking account. Wow. Right. This is a massive change. If you think about it, banks have always used the traditional credit method, which is basically driving while looking in the rearview mirror, right? Sort of saying, look at your credit bureau, which is what happened over your whole life. Now we're actually able to sort of see, hey, what is happening in the moment? And there's a lot of talk about this alternative data. Um, we find that actually looking at someone's full account is actually very predictive. And so we're able to help banks better understand that. And actually, it also sort of opens up parts of the unbanked population who might not have a thick file, might not have a great credit history on the bureau, but with the additional insights through checking and savings, we can actually see that they aren't as risky as maybe a current credit score will say. So that is something that we're super excited about that will help both banks leverage the fact that they have a full relationship with customers on both deposits and lending, it'll create more opportunity for consumers that are maybe underbanked currently to also sort of get access to credit. Yeah. And I want to highlight that last little bit. I don't know how many people in this environment are talking about it underbanked when it's always a crucial issue. So it is so refreshing, Rucker, to hear you mention that because it's important for banks, but it's also important for those consumers that are not getting the kind of representation they could really use. So hats off to you. Gentlemen, I got to say, I feel a lot more... <laughs> reassured after this podcast. I came out with clarity as opposed to the confusion I came in with. So thank you so much for appearing on Bankadelic. We will do it once again, I'm sure. Always a pleasure, Lou. Thank you so much for having us. Rutger Van Fassen is Head of Innovation and New Markets at Curanos. Adam Stockton is the Director of Retail Deposits at Curanos. You can find Rutger and Adam on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. 
For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Well, congratulations, Mr. Carlazzo, and welcome to your first day at Barbell Bank. Um, that's Carlozo. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, assistant to the bank manager's assistant. And here's your desk. Oh, man, this is awesome. View of the coffee machine, the parking lot, everything. Can I start moving in? My boxes are downstairs in the car. Absolutely. As soon as we get done with your training, now step right this way. Follow me. Follow okay. me. Ha. Oh, nice weight room. So where do I take the actual train? You're looking at it. What do you mean? Listen, Mr. Carluzzo. Oh, boy. Carluzzo. At Barbell Bank, we service the world's most cut, pumped-up, Venus and Adonis six-pack ripping, vein-popping iron pumpers in the known universe. I know. It's in the handbook. So if you want to serve them, then you've got to take the training. The weight training. You can see that in the handbook. Okay, come on, come on, come on. Let's not waste any more time, all right? I want to see... 20 squats. Get down on the floor right now. Squat. Where do you? One, two, three. Okay, okay. Let's move over here. We're going to do bench press now. Okay, I started to realize 300 pounds, 10 reps. Ready? And come on. Push it, push it, push it out. I can't lift weights. Okay, time for a break. This Protein, creatine, amino acid, poly, ultra, omega-3, resveratrol cocktail consists of 15 pills and that dry flaky powder mix that never quite dissolves in the milk and it's supposed to taste like cocoa. Drink it. If you're the head of training, why do you weigh 270 pounds and have a bag of Fritos in your hands? Fritos? What the hell's wrong with Fritos? This is breakfast. And I ain't guys like you for lunch. Not right? Yes, go. sir. Yes, go. sir. Go, 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 go. go. Oh, okay, okay. Three bullseyes.
number one. There's a sector of the market where there's a real need for deposits and deposit growth, combined with the fact that the consumer preferences have tilted even more towards online banking than where they were a couple years ago. Number two. There's a sector of the market where there's a real need for deposits and deposit growth, combined with the fact that the consumer preferences have tilted even more towards online banking than where they were a couple years ago. Number three. What we've seen is that mortgage rates, 30-year fixed mortgage rates, have doubled. That has a really big impact, right? That people will then not want to refinance their mortgage. There's even some people that are not able to purchase a new home because the price of the monthly payment is just too high. So that is really impacting customers quite a bit. And now, lose use. Rutger Van Fassen and Adam Stockton of Kyranos acknowledged that there was so much going on with the series of interest rate hikes that it's understandable that banks, consumers, commercial lenders, and commercial businesses were all caught off guard. Now, when we think about that, it has to do with the fact that there is no uniform reaction when a rate hike takes place. Now, Rucker Van Fassen has been on this podcast before, and if there's one thing that's apparent to me, it's that Kyranos is doing a lot of great work to make sense of what's going on and using data to do it, which takes me to what I think is a crucial point. Finances move in real time. It's not as though we have the luxury of looking at a spreadsheet that's on paper and getting back to everybody in three to six months with some sort of advice. It doesn't work that way anymore. When we have the data to inform our decisions and to inform our observations, we have a leg up in an uncertain environment. People tend to react very negatively, irrationally, when the economy is uncertain. Data, however, is very certain. And the efforts that people at Kyranos are making and throughout the industry to bring common sense numbers into the equation will definitely make a difference in the months ahead. And if there's anything else to keep in mind, it's don't panic. This too shall pass. The impatient are gonna be penalized. The patient will be rewarded. That's tough to do, but really it's the best choice. If we're well-informed, well-armed, and well-prepared. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone, our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. I'm Lou Carloso. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And if you've got a milkshake, I'm drinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.